Welcome to Startup Confidential. What industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this. Welcome to Episode 71, Affirmative Action for NCAPs. George Floyd's tragic murder in 2020 accelerated many long-term cultural shifts in American society. But one cultural change, the uptake in retail merchandising of minority-owned businesses, has developed a bitter irony in my view. An uptake for sure in large chain retailers increasing minority supplier access to their shelves and not much more. Walmart, Albertsons, and Target have announced renewed and or expanded minority supplier programs. In recent years, Target even has a global accelerator program with an entire website for these kinds of companies. But are retailers doing all that they could to help founders with high potential early stage brands gain marketplace advantage? Remember that phrase. Before I weigh in, let me share a story from my college days that I'm going to use as a crude analogy. This was 1990 to 94, folks. Actually, it was 1990 and 91 academic year. So although I grew up in the second most white state in the U.S., New Hampshire, I went to the most racially diverse college in America at the time. Yes, the one in Western Cambridge, Mount. Wide-eyed, white honky from New Hampshire that I was got himself a rude introduction to multiculturalism on the first day. I had a black roommate in the first year, my bunk buddy. The guy was a high school linebacker, not a small guy. So I offered, of course, to take the top bunk since I weighed roughly 83 pounds. Okay, I was joking. It was more like 55 pounds. Why are you laughing? It's very hurtful. He had a strong GPA, by his own claim, from his high school somewhere in the Midwest. But it became pretty clear by the second semester that he was struggling. Like, a whole hell of a lot. The sheer workload Harvard throws at students who otherwise are bright is not to be underestimated. Even by the 1990s, the good old days of the gentleman's sea were over. Harvard was, by then, already dominated by the type A overachiever, almost always viewed by the administration as white or Asian, and it was competitive. My roommate, however, was stuck with a white football recruit, a wrestling recruit from L.A., and a red-headed nerd boy with poor social skills. He did hang out with us most of the time, and I regard that as open-minded, folks. The entire year, though, I never saw any evidence of the college reaching out to pay any special attention to this guy's adjustment to Harvard standards. Oh no, he was left to figure it out himself, including whether or not he needed help. I love that. Let's let 18-year-olds diagnose their academic problems miraculously and then miraculously ask for just the right support, which they probably have no money to pay for anyways, if it needs to be private. Who invented this messed up society of ours? Now, if you were a straight-A student from most likely not the best high school, and you got into Harvard back then, and this happened more than once, are you going to really admit to anyone, like your roommates that, or the administration, that you need a whole bunch of help because you're drowning? That you were the incorrect admission at the age of 18? Probably not. And now, if you're black and in the same situation, how much more humiliating would you think it be, be to ask for this help? A lot. Because it places you in a racist box as old as slavery itself, and one which I will not go into here. 
that poor kid was utterly alienated and had absolutely no skills or administrative outreach to help him adjust. I mean, yes, he had friends, but they didn't understand what I'm describing here. I didn't understand what I'm describing here, really. So a few years later, I found out he'd flunked out and never graduated from one of the most prestigious colleges in the world. And this was not a dumb person by any means. Harvard admissions gave him the advantage of being let in, but he didn't have the skills to thrive, and the college didn't lift a damn finger to address his needs once he was there. Welcome to Harvard, kid. You are now an alienated, lone individual fighting for N.A. all by yourself. Good luck, chap. What the fuck does this have to do with retailer programs for minority founders, for those of you still listening? Okay, here we go. I bought media liability insurance just for this kind of an episode. Well, it's great that folks like Target are actively vetting and coaching serious minority-owned brands before they approach retail change like theirs. And they're doing it for free! Bravo! Historically, this kind of retail-ready operator knowledge has been restricted either to industry vets, who all look like me, or offered behind various paywalls, which is a newer development. Now, Target Takeoff is a program that will coach you on how to win a line review at Target. And then they'll even set it up for you. That's probably the most impressive effort I've seen so far from a chain retailer at helping minority suppliers. But hey, remember my college roommate? The bright black kid from an ordinary middle-class family who got no special supervision or outreach from Harvard and then basically flunked out? If he were going to compete with punks like me for grades, he would have needed loads of assistance he got in. Not just before. And someone would have had to insist he get it proactively, even set up a quiet, discreet program to offer said proactive outreach in the least condescending possible way. Harvard had no such program for its minority students back then. Programs like Target amount, in my view, to an admissions coaching program. Look, it's not a bad thing. Win the line review. Win the application. Get in. It's not a bad idea even for college applicants. In fact, it's an industry. But this does not level the playing field once you're in, folks. The disadvantage doesn't end with onboarding at the shelf. Not at all. Because Target's management of shelf space and displays still defaults to the calculus of the moment regarding how they can maximize profit per linear square foot, among other KPIs of importance to management, category by category, desk by desk. What my college roommate needed was a free tutor, subsidized by Harvard, the very least, once he was inside. At Target, or any other chain early on, minority-owned businesses need a shelf advantage that only money can buy. My dad bought me an elite private high school education, so I didn't need the tutoring at Harvard. It doesn't mean I was brighter than my roommate, just better resource to succeed. The admissions committee basically set him up to fail. And so, it's not shocking that he did. In what I call phase two of early stage brand development, when national chain accounts become relevant and more feasible to support, minority founders need money in most cases. They also need free access to display space so they can spend their money on building awareness to drive traffic to the display. I have yet to see a single retail chain take a profit hit directly in support of boosting velocities in this way for their minority suppliers. And if they've done it, it's because it's been a sheer accident and probably because the minority supplier just wrote the $50,000 check. What this means for someone like Target is you gotta say no 
to, say, a Pringles end cap and put in a high-potential seven-figure brand from a minority founder that's not run by an idiot. If anyone knows a grocery chain doing such a thing, please email me at admin at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. Because whoever it is, and I doubt they exist, but whoever it is deserves serious public praise and I'm going to give it to them. We need affirmative action for end caps, folks, because until you pierce the corrupt bubble of the pay-to-play areas of merchandising and chain retail, which always favors wealthy, overfunded founders, you don't change the success rate for minority founders at all. You know, we talk about this. We talk about the low percentage of venture capital in going to minority founders. You should look at the insanely high failure rate of minority-owned business, small businesses. I wish retailers would focus less on creating PR-friendly accelerators and pushing lots and lots of companies through them as an act of philanthropy and so they can boast about the number that they've helped. <clears throat> Instead, they should pick one-tenth the number of companies, vet the crap out of them, give them $100,000, not $5,000, and then deliver some bad fucking news to Kellogg's about those routine Pringles end caps. I won't hold my breath, so I wouldn't either if I were you. That's all, folks, for this episode. And remember, as always, be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founder's quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.